Welcome, Bird Gang. Yes, football is back. Though we've got to wait three more days until we see the Cardinals in action. Hey, we've waited this long. What's another couple of days? Speaking of waiting, we have not heard from Larry Fitzgerald since the offseason. And even though it may not be a hashtag Friday, we will get into what number 11 had to say, including giving my co-hosts a hard time. The Patrick Peterson Redemption Tour begins Sunday. He's focused on one thing and one thing only. And what do the Cardinals have to do to slow down George Kittle this weekend? We know the issues this team had covering the tight end last season. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 308, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So I don't want to bury the lead here, but I've got to pass along something that I think a lot of fans will enjoy, and this is... Uh, put it this way, MG, it brought me to my attention. Today, September 10th, the first time ever that the NFL, MLB, NBA, WNBA, MLS, and NHL will all play on the same day. But it will never happen again, knock on wood, but that's where we are with the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs kicking off the 2020 NFL regular season. Well, I mean, it's just unusual that you have the NBA and the NHL playing in August and September. So um, I think it goes to show you just how much each league has put in the effort. And, you know, obviously baseball had a couple of miscues. Um, Players weren't responsible. Um, I think it's different when you're in the bubble, uh, like they've done in hockey with Edmonton and Toronto and then the NBA. But, I mean, sports are an outlet, and I always think of sports as the best reality TV out there because we think we know, and then you watch the game, and you're like, okay, I didn't see that coming. It's interesting that we are here at this point, that we have all arrived at this point, considering, bless you, considering where we were uh, all at just five short months ago. All right, I said I didn't want to bury the leads, but I had to get that out. So the lead is this. What'd you do to Fitz? Why is Larry Fitzgerald taking precious time at a video conference call on a Thursday in which he calls you out, Mike Jaraki, for not being in the office? Well, and I told him, I mean, you know, I was hoping he'd say, you know, I'll talk to the uh, the powers to be and give a word for you. But he said that's above his pay scale. Um, you know, Fitz is in a good mood today. It's probably the first time we've talked to him, uh, at least via Zoom, in a while. And you know, obviously he's excited about the season. But uh, yeah, and then and then he says, "Well, do you like working from home?" And I'm like, "Well, I stay in my lane." And I was just hoping he would say, "Well, I'm going to make a phone call after the uh, Zoom interview." Uh, but you know, you got to be on your toes when it comes to Fitz. That is true. Uh, more than 17 minutes, and he. Took his shots at you, uh, Bob McManaman, and Catherine Fitzgerald from the Arizona Republic. And then, of course, Vice President of Media Relations, Mark Dalton. So 
Yeah, for uh, the first time, considering this is game week, for the first time speaking with Fitz this season, including training camp, yeah, he was uh, basically in uh, mid-season form as far as uh, uh, making fun of uh, everyone else. And and I don't know if he was taking a shot at Patrick Peterson, but he said Peterson had an announcement to make, and he was going to donate $500,000 to Fitz's charity. I mean, that's just a drop in the bucket, right? True, and I'll give I'll give Patrick credit because as he walked away from his video conference <laughs> call, quote, I'm thinking about donating $500,000 to Fitzgerald's first down fund. I'm thinking about it. And then he laughed and walked off. So I don't know if this is something we got to pay attention to here over the next couple of weeks. But those two, they've been going at it now for 10 seasons because this is Peterson's 10th season. Their lockers are almost directly opposite one another. Great friends, golfing buddies, and then when you go on the field, it's the number one wide receiver, the number one cornerback, and they've had battles uh, going all the way back to uh, Peterson's first training camp in Flagstaff. Well, you look at Peterson was drafted, obviously a top five pick. Um, Larry is a top three pick. I think they both can relate to each other. They were great in high school. They were obviously highly uh recruited they were decorated in college you know what pat p did at lsu what larry did in a couple of years at pitt i think they can relate to each other and you could see that there's a reason why um the greatness comes out now patrick peterson's in a little bit different situation going into this season where larry's been very consistent um obviously you know he hasn't missed games uh never dealt with any kind of uh, off the field uh suspension like that or on the field so but i i think they can relate to each other i i think that they've kind of been in the same fishbowl just based on their careers growing up as athletes and obviously you know family men now yeah it's a good point let's touch on a little bit on larry fitzgerald and i'll give the media credit we have come up with a different way to ask Fitz on whether or not this is going to be his final season. And it was phrased in such a way that I think we now finally have an answer. We can concrete and confidently say here on Cards Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, that Larry Fitzgerald will retire after the 2020 season so long as the Cardinals win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you never want to speak for the guy, but – um you know, I, he's still going to be asked a hundred times between now and then. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, that's all he's playing for. I think you and I have maintained that for a while. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have the numbers. And, he, you know, I think he downplayed when he caught it was a footnote. But, I mean, his legacy is, is the only thing he's missing. And he said what he would trade with Jerry Rice are three Super Bowl, you know, uh, trophies or rings. So, but, you know, again, um, all the numbers are there. The recognition is there. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. This guy just wants to win, and you can appreciate that. And, you know, I'm sure guys in the locker room are aware of it. But, um, you know, I think when you put the work in, I think the entire team you know, hopefully gets a chance to play in the postseason because that's where you kind of make your mark. I thought that was his coming out party, what he did in that run when he played those four playoff games that he got to the Super Bowl. Quoting Fitz, absolutely, that would definitely validate me. You wouldn't see me around here anymore if that happened regarding winning a Super Bowl. And 
I believe him. It is the only thing not on his resume. Yes, he's been to the Super Bowl, but he hasn't won it. And, yeah, we kind of make a big deal out of the numbers, and he likes to get paid. He does like being around his teammates. But if there's a way for him to walk off like a John Elway, a Jerome Bettis, that final image of him saying, you know what, I've accomplished it all. It's been fun. Talk to you guys later. Maybe I see it, maybe I don't. But I certainly could see that from number 11. Yeah, and and, and the thing is, it's where to um, a point where, you know, Larry's got a lot of things off the field. And, you know, he's a minority owner in the Suns, not on the personnel side, but he's going to help mentor some of the Mercury and the Suns players. And obviously, you know, he's going to help out on the business side. So he does have a lot of outside interest, but, you know, he's willing to put his, uh, you know, career on the line, so to speak, from a standpoint of he just wants to get back to the postseason. But, you know, what I like about Larry is, you know, he's always been a team player. I know that, you know, early on, because Denny Green was his, his godfather and they had a relationship with his, uh, Larry Fitzgerald Sr. doing a radio show, but Denny was very um, convicted to where we're taking the best player in the draft. Um, and it's turned out to work for the Cardinals. And so, you know, I just hope he can, uh, you know, whether they get to the Super Bowl or not, because that's going to be a tall order, I just hope he can walk away and saying, hey, I left everything on the field. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. He could do that tomorrow, and we would all say that. Well, Heck, he could have done that five years ago. Right. What I, what I, I guess what I was thinking there, and I didn't say it right away, is you wonder if they would have won the Super Bowl against the Steelers. Now, he was able to come back for Steve Wilkes. I think he respected the man. Um, they bring in Bradford. It was not the same Bradford. They draft a young quarterback. Uh, you know, obviously he was he was still involved, making 11 million a year. And then they bring in Cliff Kingsbury, a player's coach. And then I think he was intrigued when when they drafted Kyler Murray. So you just wonder if they won that Super Bowl, would he have come back? Now again, we're talking almost 33 million dollars. Um, if if Again, he could have played another year because obviously, you know, he could have played a couple more years. But the fact that he came back for Wilkes in Kingsbury speaks volumes of how much he still loves playing. And it's it's really what you don't see. We won't get a chance to see this in the locker room, um, the jokester and the prankster. And um, But if you're a guy that needs, uh, you know, a little advice, he's not going to search you out. You search him out and he'll lend a hand or, you know, some time for different players regardless of the position yeah it's fair to wonder if he did have that Super Bowl ring on his finger does he join Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer and walk away after that season and not come back and go through the struggles of a new head coach another new quarterback and then do it again with Kingsbury and Kyler Murray that I think is uh something that uh again it's, it's a what if glad we didn't get to that point that he's still here and for the record, 171 catches shy of catching Jerry Rice as far as all-time receptions, 5,812 receiving yards away from catching Jerry Rice as far as the all-time mark is concerned. Of course, the latter is darn near impossible. It's that 171 mark that people focus on because two good seasons, two and a half good seasons, and maybe Larry Fitzgerald is number one. Yeah, and again, just getting a chance to know him over the years, um, 
he's he really he's never had the desire to catch Jerry Rice, nor does he want to play 20 years. Now, Craig, you can go back to the Cardinals when they were 13 and three. Um, they get to the NFC Championship game, and when they showed it in the, in the all or all or nothing, matter of fact, and the flight plan, just how devastating he was at his locker because you, you almost taste it. Now. The, their five-star players didn't play well in that game, including Larry dropping two first downs. I thought Shaq Thompson did a nice job. Patrick Peterson muffs a punt. Rashad Johnson couldn't cover Philly Brown. Uh, Calais really didn't show up. Unfortunately, it's just they ran into a buzzsaw on the road against the MVP that year, Cam Newton. But getting that close, thinking, okay, how many more years do I have? And unfortunately, they haven't been back to the postseason since. Yeah, nothing went right that afternoon in Carolina. Cardinal fans, if you haven't already, be sure to update the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. And again, we advise everyone to do that if you haven't already, certainly ahead of week one coming up on Sunday in San Francisco. All right, let's continue. Fitz's partner in crime, if you will, Patrick Peterson. Thursday's the designated day for number 11 and number 21 to address the media, and that continues here as we all kind of do our uh, work virtually, so both doing video conference calls. And Peterson, better than 17 minutes, not quite the 51-minute conference call that we got in the uh, offseason, but uh, certainly a lot of different topics, but I think the two that people are focusing on, MJ, are one on the field and one off the field. Let's go with the on the field one because that is where his focus is, and that is wanting him or to see him get back to that Pro Bowl All-Pro status. Yeah, and just knowing how motivated he is and, you know, whether it's a boulder or a chip on his shoulders, there's different, you know, phrases for that and cliches, but, you know, he's put the work in and, you know, that's when I look at his offseason, some of the social media, how much him and Robert Alford, I mean, these guys were chiseled. I mean, but we'll move on from Alford. Unfortunately, he just couldn't stay healthy with the Cardinals. But, I mean, and, you know, again, a guy, I'm going by body of work, and I'm going to bet on Patrick Peterson because, you know, he's going to want a new contract, and whether it's here or somewhere else, that will play out. And, you know, you're starting to see some of these kind of, all these guys are 24 to 26. They're, they're not going to be 31 when they start next year. But um, he doesn't really have to prove anything to me. I don't think he's got to prove to anybody in the organization. But they want to see good tape. And if this team's going to be successful, not only as a, as a, as a whole, if this defense is going to take a jump, he's going to be a big part of it. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. I, it, it almost begins – with Patrick Peterson playing to the level that we've all grown accustomed to. Here's his quote from earlier today. I'm just extremely focused in getting back to where I belong and where I am accustomed to being, and that's on top of the game, end quote. And that was in reference to just the different vibe that he has kind of shown and just the intensity in his eyes going back to training camp he would smile every now and then, but it was more of a serious look and a serious approach to drills, to teamwork that I don't think people have seen much of from Peterson. And this is twice he, uh, on the record he admitted that he does hear the noise. I mean, people think he's lost it. Um, he's not the same player. He has to be traded. Um, and, and these are, you know, clearly we find out now, at least maybe last year, that 
he really wasn't a fan of the defense uh, under Steve Wilkes. Now, you go in and you buy in and you hope it works out, but he just didn't think it fit what he wants to do. And then you could tell when they bring in a new coordinator that clearly they want him to be the shutdown corner, play man, you know, press coverage at the line. So, but, you know, as a player, you got to adapt. And um, obviously that you know, that's where he was frustrated. But, like I said, if this defense is going to go and, and this team is going to go, you know, I, I still think it starts up front with Chandler and, you know, Phillips now and the linebackers. But if they can do their job in the secondary, yeah. And, and you know, I think he wants to get back to play playing like an all-pro player. I mean, he's got the interceptions. Obviously, Richard Sherman's got him beat there a little bit, just, you know, maybe playing on a defense that wasn't trailing as much as the Cardinals were where you don't get those interceptions. So, But I, I still think he's a high player. I think he's in great shape, and I know he's motivated. And, you know, he doesn't have anything to prove to me, but if the people on the outside say, I want to see it, then tune in every Sunday or when they play on Monday or Thursday night football. Yeah, you referenced the chatter. Peterson, quote, I love proving people wrong. This is going to be a big year for me. I feel like my back is against the wall, and that's when I operate at my best, end quote. He also brought up something interesting, and I know people don't really buy in momentum from one season to the next, but he brought up that final month, those five games in the month of December, and he truly believes it was a turnaround specifically for the defense because of the fact that now you're not changing defenses. Vance Joseph is back for year two and learning to prepare, how to prepare, learning how to win and then going out and winning. Peterson thought that was a corner turned last year late in the season that he believes can benefit this team here in 2020. Yeah, and along those lines, valuable and, and great mental reps for guys like Byron Murphy, Jalen Thompson, even Deontay Thompson, and he was playing. So, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And, and let's be honest, if you want to bottom line it, um, when he got back, I, I think he played with a, a lot of uh, adrenaline in that Giants game, and then he kind of tried to, to find his legs. But if you go back, Craig, they simplified things on defense. They got a little bit more you know, simple, and they had so much miscommunication in the secondary guys were running wide open. You know, you never want to see a player point to the other player because he thought he was going to be in coverage. You know, they're all responsible for their area, but sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone. So I just think, you know, and you think about momentum carrying on, but I think from a player standpoint, they felt like with the right players and the right personnel, this defense can work. And you know, I don't think they're going to be simplified this year. I think they're going to add more to it just based on personnel. And the numbers back up what Peterson had to say, just looking at the final four games from last season, the Cardinals defense ranked eighth in yards per play, ranked fifth in rushing touchdowns allowed, and eighth in passing yards per game. That is what Peterson is talking about as far as now. That is – the baseline in which this defense can now improve upon and get better, not wait until December, but start this weekend against the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like going on the road against a division team. Obviously, you know, the Cardinals have had their number. Last last year they got beaten both games. We talked about how close it was and how well Kyle Murray played against. You know, I was looking it up earlier today. Kyle Murray was the only quarterback uh, that had over a hundred quarterback rating against the Niners twice in the entire season, including the playoffs. The only quarterback. 
So, I mean, it, yeah, but th- this is a good test. And then you want to scratch out some road road, road wins and, and then obviously take care of business in week two or three. But, you know, you hate to say, I always think it's not where you start, it's where you finish. But for this team, um, and we're going to get into the vibes because I, I was out at the uh, 20 minutes of practice this morning. And, yes, they always have music, but there's just, this is a confident team. Like, my analogy would be, um, you know, I think last year, you know, the whole idea was we're going to be competitive, we're going to be entertaining, and unfortunately that wasn't the case in the first part. I think they're going into games now saying, you know, we can win, we're going to win this game versus we're hoping to win. And then when you go on losing streaks, then it's about, well, you got to learn how to win again. Well, they got enough guys in that locker room that have been winners before. It's just unfortunately the roster and then obviously the division, but – I think when they step on the field this year, they're expecting to win. And I'm not saying every guy's, you know, it's any game of Sunday, but there were times last year when you're going, you know, can they really win this game? Do they have to force three or four turnovers? This year I think it's completely different just from a personnel, stability, um, the cohesiveness on the roster, the coaching staff. I, I They feel like, you know what, we are a better team, and we're going to go out there and expect to win versus hoping to win. Yeah, there's a confidence. Yes, uh, a feeling of a feeling that we belong on the same field, not only of, uh, against the 49ers, but every single team that we will play here this season. There's no reason why we can't win this week. That's the vibe I think you're referring to with yes. this team. One other note on Peterson, and I alluded to it okay. off the field. His contract. He was asked several different questions about it, but the big quotes were, "I'm at peace." And sometimes it's lip service, but I, you know, personally, I, I tend to believe what Peterson has to say. He, he's not shy about sharing his feelings. And when it comes to his contract, this is the first time that he'll play in a contract year. And he understands, quote, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm under contract until the end of the season. All I can do right now is play ball. The ball is in my court. All I have to do is go out and play P2 football, playing all-around solid football, taking number ones out of the game, not giving up any touchdowns, just getting back to that form, end quote. And you said it, MJ. If he does all that, if it's not the Cardinals, some team is going to pay Patrick Peterson. Yeah, and, you know, a couple years ago, so I don't don't want to talk that I – you know, recently he gave me this, but he said he would like to play like 13 years. So, you know, when you when you can go back to the table, and now granted, probably not going to get as much money just because of the age factor. But if if he gets to be a, a, an all pro, and I know he wants to be defensive player of the year, and you know, it, the, the position's proven you can win it, like Stefan Gilmore, but it's more pass rushers, and you got to win games, and you got to be in that conversation in the month of December. So. Um, but you know what? He's he's betting on himself. Um, you know, he said that you know prior that he wouldn't negotiate during the season, and then you wonder what the team's record is at the at the trade deadline. Um, but I think the Cardinals will add a player versus trying to trade a current player because that was the whole idea of trying to create some cap space. And maybe they don't need a guy, but I I think they they would be in the market. So you know, and then for him, you know. Um, if the Cardinals are winning, we know how much he likes Murray. He, both Larry and Patrick gave the front office a lot of credit for bringing in a lot more talent. Um, he's raising his family here. His wife is a doctor. I'm not saying she can't transfer somewhere else. But, you know, I, I, I think deep down 
he probably would like to wear a Cardinals uniform his entire career. But at the end of the day, it's a business. Well, and that's something that I think he mentioned uh, a couple years back about following in the footsteps of Fitz as far yeah. as being in one place for your entire career and building that legacy. And it's it's difficult. Every player wants that. But like you said, it's a business. And if the Cardinals decide, hey, you know what, thank you for your service, then he's got to move on. But to me, if, if he plays like he thinks he will play this season, then he's a top-flight cornerback. Those are hard to find, and you would be silly not to try to figure out a way to bring him back because that is a gigantic hole now all of a sudden that if he's not there, what do you do? Well, you, you look around the league, and, you know, these guys have every right to, you know, stomp their feet. Like, you know, obviously Jamal Adams wanted out in New York. And then you look at guys like um, Jalen Ramsey. Now, those guys are younger, so they don't have that cachet to where I want to play for one team. I want to get paid. He's already been paid, okay? Uh, but I do, in the end, I, I do think he wants to wear one uniform. And, you know, he loves living here with golf. I mean, there's so many so many factors that we don't talk about. We just talk about what's between the lines. And he's a great teammate, well-respected. He's a leader. He, You know, I'm glad he got the captaincy again. You know, you know, he couldn't do it last year just because he let his teammates down. But, you know, the Cardinals got some tough decisions because uh, Chandler Jones will be coming up after next year too, or two seasons from now. Yeah. And I, and I think that's if you had to make a choice, pass rusher. Yeah, yeah that's a uh... – Put it this way, I mean, you, you've, you've, you've extended Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins. You've got Kyler Murray on a rookie deal. So there is a way oh. to kind of massage the numbers. We've seen the Chiefs do that already. Um, and, and, again, it's, it's not wanting to see not good players, great players leave because what do you do? You, you, you can't find another Patrick Peterson. And the Cardinals um, – I wouldn't say they were lucky, but getting in with the fifth overall pick, he was already elite, and he's just maintained that and, and to a certain extent, become even better throughout the course of the years. And the other thing was we've seen him grow up. Um, Married, children, I mean, he's matured not only on the field but off the field. Yeah, and, you know, he's he'll he'll go down as, you know, Aeneas Williams obviously played in St. Louis. He made the trip when they were the Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, and then obviously he got traded to uh, the Rams, but and then Roger Worley and Larry Wilson referred to defensive backs. I mean they're in the Hall of Fame. Aeneas is in the Hall of Fame, but you can make the case he's been the best Cardinal corner since Aeneas Williams. I love how you say corner. I'll add defensive back. Just don't tell Adrian Wilson that I said that because now all of a sudden we'll have even more of a reason why he won't come on this show here. But <laughs> let's face it, let's put resume against resume. I didn't I don't want to pigeon my hole into some you know, cornerback, defensive back, but I did say corner. Yes, you did. I'm the one that said defensive back, including the entire secondary. So it's on me, eh, Dub? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, not, no disrespect to some of the other guys who are up there. They've, they've had a revolving door. You know, guys had one a good year, like Cromartie had one good year. And DRC was decent. You know, he, he didn't like to tackle, but he, he, he provided some speed on defense. Gerard Powers was, was a good player, but they don't, they don't compare to Patrick Peterson. 
No, absolutely not. Hey, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Raids, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. All right, MJ, I'm going to give you a new job here. You are the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, and your job is to figure out a way where George Kittle does not run roughshod on this Cardinals defense on Sunday. What do you do? Well, first of all, you, you, you got to contain the run because they're going to run the football. They were very successful last year. Um, Cardinals may catch a break with Debo Samuel and Brian, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Now, he was limited today, but you're talking about a guy that's been nursing an injury. And they went out, and we haven't talked about him all week, is they went out and got Jordan Reed. Now, Jordan Reed has suffered from massive concussions, went healthy, a good player. So they got a good one-two punch there, just like I think the Rams and Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett. Um, I think you can build, build a case for the Seahawks and uh, Will Disley and, and then throw in Greg Olson now. But I think the Cardinals, um, you, you know, you're not going to shut him down. He's really good in the run uh, run game when it comes to blocking. But I think they have three options. And if the Cardinals are in their in their base defense, um, that means maybe Byron Murphy won't be on the field. But when they go 11 or 12 personnel, they could go two tight ends here because they're going to have to cut somehow – gets a chunk of yards down the field. So you either have Byron Murphy, I think the guy that's going to get the, probably the most um, opportunities is Campbell, and then you also have Buda Baker. So that's the way I'm going to try to contain him. Um, it goes a long way if you can put pressure on the quarterback up the middle. Okay, that means maybe uh, Jordan Hicks and if Isaiah Simmons is in the game, they can shoot the gap. Um, they'd love to get pressure off the outside to, to force Garoppolo to get rid of the ball, but, you know, they got their work cut out. There's a reason why he's one of the highest paid, you know, uh, tight ends in football. He's in that same conversation as Travis Kelsey and, you know, obviously Raul Gronkowski when he was healthy. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, to me, I think they catch a break, though, because Debo Sam, he was kind of a running back wide receiver, reminded me of kind of Anquan Bolden. Um, they've had, you know, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he decided to leave free agency, and, you know, maybe we haven't touched on this, and he – just, you know, DeForest Buckner decided to move on, but they have so much depth on that front. So uh, from an offensive standpoint for the for the 49ers, I, I think the Cardinals got their work cut out, uh, but I don't know if he's going to be the deciding factor. You know, who's the X factor? Is it one of those running backs? Um, could it be one of those young wide receivers that steps up? Because they're going to have to – I mean, they're not going to come away from that game throwing the ball 15 times. I mean, they're, they're going to be somewhat balanced, but – I like the Cardinals' opportunities. Again, you just hope to contain him. Now, third down, red zone, better make sure you had a hat on him because he can be really dangerous. He's a great safety net for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you talk all about the tight end and George Kittle, but let's not forget that this 49ers offense, number two in the league last year and rushing the football, and it's a combination, whether it's going to be Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon is finally healthy after two years on the sidelines. And Jordan Hicks brought it up. Vance Joseph brought it up earlier today, even with George Kittle. And you said it, you have to be able to stop the run. So that becomes the primary focus. But I think a lot of fans will look to what this team did in the offseason before 
drafting Isaiah Simmons. Devondre Campbell. Now let's go back to what he said in his introductory vis, uh, video call with the media back the 21st. Believes he can, quote, successfully cover any tight end in the league, end quote. I think he's going to get the first opportunity, and the Cardinals will adjust from because you're not going to stop Kittle. Maybe you can limit him. Just make sure that he is not the one doing all of the damage. And if he does catch the ball, like you know, maybe Garoppolo's going through his progressions and he, he sees that he's wide open, I always think it's an easy throw, especially for a quarterback six feet or over, to throw over the middle of the field. I mean, sometimes, like, Carl Stansby would kind of squat down. Hopefully Simmons learns this, and then you can try to get the pick. But it's yards after catch. He's a beast. I mean, he can break tackles. So you can't arm tackle him. you got to go low, obviously above the knees. You know, and uh, he's had some injuries last year. So, um, but he's just he's just he's just a freak athlete. And you can just see how much he means to that offense, and, and and you can see he's got a great relationship with the quarterback. So when you got a good relationship with the quarterback, he's going to tend to look your way because good things happen when you throw to George Kittle. I think Jordan Reed is going to be an issue too, though. But it's just because he's tall, um, just hasn't stayed healthy, but he's very productive. Uh, it's kind of like a wide receiver playing tight end. And I do think we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets because maybe they think they can, you know, wear the Cardinals down and then take some shots down the field. Well, where the Cardinals defense most vulnerable until uh, they can show that they can stop the tight end. Then you keep doing that. The one tight end we haven't referenced Ross Dwelly. He scored two touchdowns in that second game against the Cardinals. He had more touchdowns than George Kittle last season against the Cardinals. Kittle only caught one. Of course, we know overall the Cardinals allowed 16 touchdowns, passing touchdowns to opposing tight ends. So that, I mean, you're talking about a nice one-two punch, and Jordan Reed did a lot of uh, his work with Washington and now coming back to the West Coast. But you know, Ross Dwelly might be the third guy on the depth chart, but the Cardinals are very familiar with him. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'll live with that. Um just like, what was it, Nick Boyle in, in uh, Baltimore? Because they had Mark Andrews and, yep. and they had a ton of tight ends and Nick Boyle got it. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to be open, I guess. I mean, you're, you're going to focus on those guys. But, yeah, I mean, and and I think the Niners feel like, you know, with the addition of Trent Williams and Mike McClinchy and the kind of – I do think they're vulnerable, Craig, in the interior. Think they're vulnerable. It's not like they got all pro players and Pro Bowl players in there. So, you know, that's that's where that interior of the Cardinals. And we think Jordan Phillips can push the pile. Um, we th- we think Corey Peters can you know hold containment at the line of scrimmage. You bring in those couple of run stuffers, and then Zach Allen. I mean, I'm really excited to see him. He's stronger. He's more confident. And, and nobody's talking about him on that line. Everything and when you sign to Jordan Phillips, and then you know Vance had some intel, and he had nine and a half sacks. Um, you get you get excited about those guys. But Zach Allen, I mean, it's going to be a great matchup, like strength versus strength, with him and Mike McClinchy on the right side. You'll just see exactly how much stronger Zach has gotten, and then just how much better he feels at this pro level. Remember, he was only on the field for a handful of games before landing on injured reserve. One note on the 49ers interior starting center, Ben Garland, once again limited in practice on Thursday with an ankle injury. So that's back-to-back days. And I know offensive linemen, they don't move around a lot, but they do have to have good footwork. And if your ankles 
are bothering you at all, all of a sudden that puts you a half step, maybe a full step uh, behind, whether that's a Jordan Phillips or Corey Peters or maybe even a Zach Allen trying to rush the mill and disrupt what the 49ers want to do offensively. Well, also making the line calls now, you know, I'm sure they got experience at, at possibly the guard spots where they can help. Um, I don't think they're going to go on a silent count, but it, that unit, you want to make sure who's going to play on, on Monday or Tuesday. Now, you know, teams obviously are off over the weekend, but it's important that whoever's going to be the starter. And if it's, if it's not Ben Garland, then all of a sudden that, that person needs to get the reps. And so, but when you look at a starter versus a backup, um, that should be an advantage for the Cardinals. Bottom line, though, Vance Joseph, it was the second question posed to him about the tight end. He knew it was coming, and he mentioned that having a plan against Kittle is, quote, going to be vital to our defense, end quote. But you can't stop everyone, but I think what would make Cardinal fans much happier is if it was someone else and not, hey, here we go again, same old, same old, can't cover a tight end. Now, with that said, this is, if not – one of the best, the best tight ends in the league. And if he goes off, well, maybe that's just because it's George Kittle. And then we see what happens the rest of the season. But I think we would all feel much better if that was shored up a little bit and it didn't look as bad as it did at times last season. Yeah, and and, and again, I'm going to keep uh, you know banging this drum just because of their wide receiver situation. Now, he, he's probably going to get targeted seven to nine times. It, you're hoping to keep him the four or five catches. It could be for 50 yards, but what you don't want is that one catch for like 67 yards because those are backbreakers. And you've done everything you possibly can to keep him, you know, because sometimes you get safety help, but in this situation with Campbell, he's going to cover him one on one. And we watched Sean Reddick try to cover tight ends. We watched Joe Walker. They just didn't have the height um, to do it. Campbell's, you know, when you look at him, he's pretty tall on, on defense, and, he, and he's done it before. So I, I would agree with you. I think that's the first option there. But just don't give up that big play. Like They're going to get first downs. They're going to get in the red zone. But you just can't, like, if it's a 20-yard intermediate route or he's running across the field, you just can't give up a 40-yard touchdown like that because he, not that they're going to do it, but all of us will go, here we go again. And that's they drafted Simmons, they got Baker and Campbell. Yeah, Joseph was bringing that up as far as the matchup issues that tight ends have the advantage of, and not just George Kittle, but you're up against a slower linebacker, a smaller safety, and that's where maybe Campbell is different. Maybe that's Isaiah Simmons is different, and we know Buda Baker is going to want to crack and get an opportunity as well. Those two battled well last season, each getting that upper hand over the other. Of course, the only one highlight is Kittle kind of tossing Buda Baker to the side, but those two have uh, great respect for one another. Not sure if you saw this earlier today, MJ, but uh, Matt Mayoka from uh, NBC Sports Bay Area tweeted out uh, Kittle speaking to the media said that uh, Buda reached out to him after Kittle received his contract extension, and then Kittle did the same when Baker got his new deal. So mutual admiration, mutual respect when you have players on opposite teams, but uh, great players recognize the talent of other great players. Yeah, and, and, you know, once you get in the NFL, you know, we know these guys have played in different conferences, teammates, and I always think, you know, the, the, the class you come in, you're kind of attached for life. But, 
he's been to the Pro Bowl with Kittle. Well, well Kittle, I guess, wasn't there because he did the Super Bowl. Um, but when you look at all pro lists, he's been on the same list. So it's nice to see guys recognize. But it, really, the NFL is a fraternity, even though on Sunday you're trying to beat your opponent. All right, before we head on out of here, MJ, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Your task tomorrow, give Cardinal fans three keys to a victory week one against the reigning NFC champions. Fair enough. So I can't use Kittle? Oh, for the Cardinals to win. Okay. For the Cardinals to win. What is it gotcha. going to take for the Cardinals to win? If they do one, two, and three, you, got you like their chances, or maybe even better like their chances that they can go and steal one on the road at Levi's Stadium. Okay. No, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to watch the game, and I'll start writing things down. Sounds good. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cards Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cards Cover 2.